cool, man. I've never done anything like this before. Hello, listeners. This is Travis E. Taylor bringing you the next chapter of my novel, Good Clean Fun. The story of Mercury and her group of nine teenage misfits she uses to help build her empire. She will mold the world to her will in search of wealth and power. Puppeteering her team, she'll use violence to dominate the drug game in her small city. I'll be releasing this story as an ebook and a podcast week by week, chapter by chapter. You can keep up with each release by following me on Facebook or Instagram with the handle Travis E. Taylor Author. And don't forget to subscribe on whichever app you're listening. Now, today we are lucky enough to have um, Amber Contreras back to voice Venus. Um, Amber, welcome. Hi. And also her husband, Danny Contreras, our local musician who's responsible for that sick intro at the beginning of the podcast. Hello. Hey. Um, so this is my uh, sister-in-law and my brother-in-law. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, we tried to do something, but the paperwork just just really got ahead it's, of us. It's, it's really <laughs> finite. Like It's, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> the fees are insane. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, no, I'm lucky enough to have them both here to, uh, to voice some of my characters, uh, mostly because they're now legally obligated to say yes to any stupid shit I ask them to do. Uh-huh. Um, and they, uh, they do a great job. Danny, on, on top of being the musician and now a voice actor, has been uh, my beta reader for um, my Hispanic American, one of my beta readers, uh, for my Hispanic American um, characters, and uh, he gives a really valuable uh, insight because I really modeled Dawnville, um, the setting of our of our story, after Dalton, Georgia, which is where we're living right now. Um, Dalton, Georgia, currently has a mid fifty percent population, uh, a Latinx, and uh, I thought I I love living here. I think it's a very unique uh, cultural. Um, phenomena and uh, Danny grew up in this culture. Uh, Danny, you want to speak to that? Yeah. Uh, well, I was born in El Paso, Texas, but practically was raised in Dalton, Georgia, my entire life. Um, yeah. As as the years have gone by, um, we've seen more and more Hispanic families moving in. Um, you see more of the Latin culture spreading to our local businesses and um, organizations and. Um, uh, and, and even in our schools with our uh, representative of like teachers and uh, educators yeah and uh, chairman on some boards so that's super cool seeing how um, we're just all coexisting uh, currently and just uh, yeah we'll see where it continues to go in the future yeah um, Danny is a, a wealth of knowledge purely because he is such a, uh, a powerhouse within the community um, and also he's, he's coming from the unique perspective I'm hoping to write about here uh, but beyond that, um, he is a talented musician and a great voice actor. So we're, we're lucky to have him on, on a lot of different fronts. And with that, let's talk about last week's episode where Saturn, um, sitting by himself, we got a peek into the chaos that is his mind. And um, he finally worked up the courage to call Jupiter. So we're going to kind of see how their friendship flushes out. Without further ado, we're going to get started in uh, today's chapter. As always, we're going to start with a deep breath. Good touch. Good Clean Fun by Travis E. Taylor. Chapter 9. Earth. Two Weeks Later. Earth read the sign on the door. Our home, too, 
help protect the rights of our community's immigrant families. The center of the flyer showed a picture of a Mexican child in a cage. Earth thought this photo a bit sensationalist overkill, but felt himself impassioned, so he supposed it did its job. Looking into Miss Baraja's classroom, with only a handful of students, the quality of the room was vastly different than it had been hours earlier during an essay exam on the 27 amendments of the Constitution. He saw a petite brown girl, wavy dark hair pinned on the top of her head, looking much too professional for an after-school club, standing next to a well-built black guy who seemed to be effortlessly flexing, as if tension was his natural state of being, presiding in front of the class. Miss Barajas sat, held captive by her cell phone, her feet on her desk showcasing her long legs in a way that gave Earth's heart a jolt. The silent audience held no more than half a dozen students, two of which were a set of Asian girls, identical in size, sitting in the back huddled together over a magazine. One sat with her chin drawn in on herself, her matte black straight hair hiding her willingly plain face, the other trying too hard to look bored, shining in her pink low-cut top, playing with the blonde streaks in her hair, yin and yang themselves. Walking in, he sat next to his friend Juan, another Hernandez. They might have been cousins, but he couldn't be sure. His family tree had roots so deep in Dawnville, he no longer found the activity of identifying family members in the community entertaining or pertinent, unless it was vetting a female worth pursuing. His family had been pouring in from Guadalajara, Mexico for three generations. His parents had made the journey through the desert and across the Rio Grande in their teens. Earth sometimes felt inconvenienced by the act of rolling the trash can out to the street, an irony he wasn't unaware of. These unclear boundaries between family and neighbor fostered the view of his community as one people. He knew well the blocks of East Donville. He knew the tiendas, the rundown apartments, the corners to avoid, the penaderias, and... Canisarias, the families in need, and the families you could count on. Earth's parents, happily married and all-around merry people, were classically Mexican in looks, beliefs, demeanor, traditions. They never let the stresses of raising multiple children, all of whom followed unique paths to time behind bars, sans Earth, or the rigors of owning their own business, harden them. Their real estate company was ran out of a squat, remodeled house with a vinyl banner that read Shining Star Real Estate, flapping loosely at one of the lower corners. Whether intentional or situational, they catered exclusively to the Donville Hispanic community. Earth's mother was tasked with finding clientele, showing houses, and networking. Earth's father handled the location and business side of things, often doing some light carpentry or plumbing even after the sale to ensure the tenants were well set up. He looked up to his parents and knew if he played his cards right, he could hope for a life like theirs and a love like theirs. They did not hide their affection and still lit up when they saw each other after a long day apart. His mother's jokes still landed on his soft-spoken father as if they were fresh and new instead of heavily recycled. His father's acts of kindness or sweet words still made his mother gasp with delight. Juan elbowed Earth. I knew you'd get suckered into this too. Camarón que se duerme se lo lleva el corriente. One of Earth's mother's favorite sayings, 
though he had only a tentative grasp of its use. Plus somebody's got to get those little Mexican babies out of their cages. Juan gave a low laugh. Yeah, can you believe that poster? We get it. Harvard, here you come. They both laughed, breaking the hush in the room, and received a sharp look from the couple up front. Mercury's almond eyes, though pretty, were piercing and unsettling. Earth cleared his throat and dropped his smile, and stared down at his ruby championship ring on his right hand, a soccer ball sitting just above 2012. The two presenters hunched back over the computer to iron out whatever technical difficulties. Oye, vas al juego acabando la junta. Juan spoke out of the side of his mouth. Si. Pienso que iba a estar cristal. Earth tried to sound casual. I bet she is just praying you show. Juan sneered and elbowed Earth again. The projector connected and a picture of Cesar Chavez spanned the whiteboard. Under the picture, students must have initiative. They should not be mere imitators. They must learn to think and act for themselves and be free. Earth looked over at Juan and rolled his eyes, hard. He reclined in his chair, resting his head on the seat back, contemplating an untimely exit. Rolling his head on his headrest, he spotted a minx of a redhead, tight black jeans and a cropped Pink Floyd shirt, showing just a touch of black bra underneath. Definitely a year his senior, as were the presenters. He stared mesmerized while she nibbled on the end of her pen, just barely pressing the cap into her pouting lips. Her milky white hand was gently spotted with freckles. She quizzically cocked her head. The gesture appeared both Broadway and L.A. She put her pen to paper, scribbled something, examined what she wrote, and appeared satisfied with the result. He sat up, straightening his spine and puffing his chest. He wrapped his ring softly against the table, hoping to draw attention to him and to it. We are tormented by the treatment of our Latino brothers and sisters in America. Neptune spoke with a deep voice, hints of Malcolm X, but not over the top. He wore a red polo that looked painted on. It clung so tight to his muscular frame. Next slide. Engaged despite himself, Earth leaned forward. We will not allow our fellow humans to be punished for trying to create a better life for themselves. We will no longer allow our families to live in fear, to be torn apart. We will stand with our fellow Americans, regardless of the paperwork they have. Even Miss Barajas looked up from her phone for a moment. Next slide. A few students trickled in from the hallway to stand in the doorway. Earth caught the queen of the future leader society eyeing him from behind the speaker. When their eyes met, she quickly averted hers back to her... partner? Co-founder? Boyfriend? Next slide. Where is the justice in this treatment? How can we stand idly by? Earth could not suppress the inkling that the whole scene was being played out just for him, a little piece of theater for his amusement. This admittedly arrogant thought came not as flattering but demeaning. He raised his hand, but only as a perfunctory gesture. Does this sermon come with a plan? I'm sorry, you... You are obviously a very powerful speaker, but what is your point? Neptune was taken aback. His mouth sat open for an instant. Earth continued. I mean, we're all upset about this. We all know it's a problem. These are my friends, my neighbors, my family, but 
But if you don't come with something that resembles a plan, then I'm afraid all you have constructed is a sanctimonious circle jerk. Mrs. Barajas loudly cleared her throat. He lowered his voice. It's just that I want to be part of something that matters. Again, Mercury was caught studying Earth in a way that made him feel exposed. Though his dark skin showed nothing, Earth would have sworn the speaker was blushing. Neptune ummed and awed, patting his brow with the back of his hand. After some stumbling and several skipped slides, Mercury stepped up and opened up the floor to suggested plans of action. Earth provided nearly 75% of the proposals, and 100% of the proposals that held any merit. Could we find a way to connect the people to legal counsel? How can we communicate and mass with the local government? We need the citizens who can vote to vote. How can we educate ourselves on legalization? Neptune wrote a bullet point list on the cloudy whiteboard, while the mermaid scribe feverishly wrote in her notebook. Earth ran out of steam and stratagems. The meeting fizzled. Okay, folks, thank you for coming. We will be having our next meeting on the first Friday of next month. I hope you will attend. Neptune found a seat and sat down with a sigh of relief, looking a bit more aged than he had only 30 minutes prior. As the dozen or so students slowly filed out, Venus caught Earth by the elbow, sliding her arm in the crook of his, her notebook tucked into her armpit. Juan took the hint and hurried on without him. We really appreciate you giving your input today. We have the will, but not the way. Earth was surprised to hear she spoke ownership over the group, given the other woman behind the speaker carried herself as the ringleader. I'm glad to take part. I'm not really interested in some scholarship-grabbing vanity project. No offense. She smirked. No, no, neither are we. Well, I wouldn't turn one down, but that's not the point. Um, you head into the game? Yeah, big, big fan here. You? Not exactly. I need to meet some people in a couple of minutes. Can I walk with you? Venus moved them both forward without waiting for permission her arm in his, a sign of mature familiarity that had no place in the pubescent cesspool that both bred and fostered immaturity that was high school. They started down the flight of stairs toward the main doors. You seem really worried about the local elections. You mind shedding some light on that? She looked at him intently. This, mixed with their proximity, gave him all the excitement of his first kiss. Mariana Lopez, sixth grade, waiting for the bus. She applied chocolate lip balm beforehand and ran away giggling cruelly afterwards. Separating for a moment, he held the door open for her, using his fingers to comb his shaggy hair out of his face. The chill of incoming winter rushed in. His sweatpants and t-shirt did little to protect him from its cold bite. After exiting the school, she reattached to his arm, pulling even closer. Earth answered, I, I tried to stress to your friend in there, a great first step would be to ensuring this Jaffe Ponce doesn't make it into office. The guy's trash. He got some bullshit law degree and has been feeding off the poor and desperate in this town for years. He works out of his backdoor law office, making promises, taking cash up front, and delivering nothing. Protecting his own ass by threatening to call ICE, who's going to argue? Now, he is shooting for city commissioner. He felt bare, allowing himself to get so heated. 
They followed the walkway around the school to the wide bridge behind that opened to a gravel parking lot in front of the aging football stadium. Hey, that's a start. That's something we can work with. You made it really clear we needed tangible goals. I'll start looking into timelines for the election, and we can figure out how to get behind competing candidates. Obvious but efficient, Earth beamed at the logical and productive idea. A warmth of pride at it stemming from his own. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. She reached into her pocket and pulled out an Altoids tin, grabbed a white disc with a line down the center without offering him one. She popped it into her mouth and swallowed. They made their way to the rusted front gates with students and community members already flowing in to buy tickets. Hey, I, I, never, I never got your name. Earth said a bit hungrily. She glanced down at her hand for a moment, wherein Octothorpe and the number 47 was written in Sharpie. Earth noticed her attention drifted, as if she were in deep thought. My name's Lacey, but I'd prefer if you call me Venus. Venus it is. My name's Eduardo. It was great talking with you, Eduardo. You seem like a really down-to-earth guy. <laughs> she gave a forced chuckle, then squeezed his arm and disentangled herself. Without a goodbye, she turned and walked away. Earth watched her go with a twinge of loss. He was not above studying the rip below her left buttocks that showed just a flash of her creamy leg that he was sure would taste just like cinnamon. Venus followed the sidewalk to the fence where one of the away team's players was leaning, poorly hidden behind the concession stand, smoking a cigarette. She went up on her toes to give him a kiss on the cheek, pulling herself up by his jersey, number 47. They conversed playfully and she batted at him with mock scorn. Then she opened her tin and slipped some bills into his hand. Feelings of exploitation filled Earth. This display could very well have been the final act in today's play, he thought bitterly. But why? Shoulders hunched, he turned toward the gates and bought himself a ticket. The game was a good one. Holly High should have been an easy win, but one of our linemen got a nasty injury early on that hurt morale on the field. Donville won in the end, 31-26. Crystal never showed. Well, I hope you enjoyed this chapter of Good Clean Fun. If you're eager to see what happens next, I will continue to post chapters weekly on Amazon Kindle and Letterpress. Links to both can be found on my website, traviseetaylor.com. If you like the story, do me a favor and leave a rating or a review, and most importantly, uh, tell a friend about it. I would like to thank the lovely couple, Danny and Amber, for taking time away from their busy schedule as stellar new parents um, to my little nephew uh, to lend their voices to my project. Uh, this is Amber's second time coming on to voice Venus, and I can't imagine anyone else doing it. Um, she does such a great job uh, finding the character. And uh, Danny has lended his musical talents to every episode, and uh, I think Good Clean Fun's just that much better for it. Now, before we let uh, Danny and Amber go, I did want to ask them, what are you reading? Hey, this is Danny and Amber with our little boy Thomas. You might hear him hiccuping. Uh, you might hear him uh, just wail a little bit. But uh, what I'm currently reading, I, I, on, besides my daily scripture reading, um, I'm currently reading a mystery novel 
uh, called Two Days Gone. Um, it's written by an author named Randall Silvis. Uh, has a bit of like a, a dark twist to it with detective. Uh, it's a detective novel, so it puts me in a different perspective um, and kind of uh, gives me the chills every once in a while. Amber, what are you currently reading? Uh, well, I'm listening to an audiobook called The Happiest Man on Earth. It's about Eddie Jacku, who is a concentration camp survivor and at 100 years old he published a book about his experience and why he even though he suffered through several concentration camps why he remained happy in life so it's pretty inspiring wow that's that's a, <laughs> that's a book <laughs> that's one heck of a man right there yeah he uh, died at 101 years old dang just long enough for him to post that book huh? mm -hmm. goodness all right well that's what we're reading um thank you for listening thomas do you have anything to say no. No. He's good. No. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, next week, a little bit of bad news. Next week will be our last episode of the season. And it seems fitting to end the season with Mercury's graduation from high school. Uh, as a recovering school teacher myself, uh, I have to say I'm pretty stoked to get our characters out of high school and to see the... Uh, the real adult trouble that they start to cause in the community. Um, as we wrap up the season, uh, please travel over to TravisCTaylor.com to sign up for my email list to stay up to date with special content and to see what else uh, I have to offer. As always, I want to end today's episode by thanking you for making the time to join me. See you next week for more good, clean fun. start that's something we can <laughs> <laughs> right, we're, we're gonna cut it right bloopers <laughs>